This is a podcast from ABC Radio Overnights. I'm Rod Quinn. It is time for our weekly look at the world of health and fitness with Professor Gordon Lynch. Gordon, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Rod. Now, before we come to grips with this morning's topic, I do have to congratulate you. You've been on this program for 20 years, Gordon. That's longer than I have. <laughs> yes, it's um, it's quite a milestone. And um, just so grateful for the opportunity to be with our, our loyal listeners every week uh, for such a long time and to be with you and learn from you. And uh, it's been a very special time. And I hope there's many more years to come because I'm really enjoying it and hope that uh, our listeners are too. Many topics to cover. And um, just, yeah, it's been a long, long journey. I've learned a lot and a lot more to learn as well. It's an extraordinary thing. I recently celebrated, if that's the right word, 16 years on this program. You were there for four years prior to that. Who was hosting the show prior to my arrival? Um, I think prior to you might have been Ingrid Eust. Oh, okay, yes. I, th- I think I started, um, Madeline Randall was the original uh, person I I yep. sort of oh. interact with her for quite some time. There are so many. I think, I've, got, I've got a list maybe of... 30-odd, 40-odd people who I've interacted with, wow. ABC-affiliated yes. people who have, you know, sometimes guest people as well have been very helpful. Uh, yeah, it's just been a, just a wonderful, wonderful experience and I'm, and I'm very grateful for being given that, that first uh, opportunity. Helen Richardson, our original producer on the show, had called me up one day because she saw an article I had in the Herald Sun newspaper in Melbourne talking about training and training for summer I think it was something something like that and it was in August and she said oh would you mind coming on the show this week I said no no problem I'd love to and then it's only for this week she said that's okay (laughs) and then from one week it's um, gone for every single week for the last 20 years and I've enjoyed every one of them and I'm just so grateful for the uh, interaction with so many wonderful people well we appreciate what you've done, the knowledge that you bring to us, the advice that people have taken hopefully over the years from what you have to say is so much a part of this program and uh, I'm so grateful for your ongoing support of the show and your friendship over the years as well. It's been uh, very, very uh, important. So, Gordon, thank you so much. Likewise and thank you, Rod. So let's get to this morning's topic. And we are going to get a grip on it, aren't we? We are. um, Very nice choice of words because we're talking about hand grip strength. And in particular, the sort of the the background to this in terms of why hand grip strength is is to understand why strength is so important for a healthy life. And we we do talk about this a lot. It's, It's one of the running themes that we've had over so many years. We need strength to perform many of the tasks of daily living. You know, we get up out of a chair or we get off a toilet, we open a cupboard or we open a jar of food or we walk up a flight of stairs or carry the groceries. It's all requiring strength. And we take that for granted. Uh, I know I do many times. We take it for granted until one day it becomes very hard to perform those tasks and we think, hang on, what's, where, where have things gone wrong? In fact, you know, the primary deficit, the functional deficit as we grow older is the loss of strength. So if we can improve 
strength in an older person, you know, their sort of general spontaneous activity will go up, their walking speed will improve and their ability to perform tasks of everyday life will improve as well. So being able to measure strength, it, you know, it can be very helpful if that measure can help us detect whether someone's strength is waning. It can also be very helpful if it can provide insight into why that's happening and, and it could signal that there may be some underlying health issues that hopefully can be addressed. And that was the, the rationale, the background for this latest research that I wanted to discuss today about hand grip strength. Okay, so why is maintaining hand grip strength so important for a healthy life? Is it indicative of other problems or is it just something that is so important for someone who wants to live a productive and happy life? Yeah, I think the message is that if, if we're losing hand grip strength, it, there could be some underlying health reasons. It could be a signal that there's something wrong. It's research from uh, Austria, Austrian researchers published in the British medical journal Open, and it, it builds on a whole range of studies that have shown that if someone's hand grip strength is low, it could be an indication of underlying health problems. But not only in older people, but also hand grip strength has been linked to health conditions in young people as well. But many different studies over many years have shown that a low hand grip strength could be related to a whole range of health conditions related to the heart and lungs, uh, some loss of capacity there. Some studies have also shown that low hand grip strength means you could have a lower life expectancy as well. So it's given this indication that there's something wrong. And you know, having these meaningful points where you can sort of say at this point it's this or at this point it's that, applying to the general population, I think that's where this, this study has come into its own trying to measure you know, hand grip strength and, and correlate that with gender and, and height and, and body size and so on, and, and also whether the hand grip strength is, is associated with that normal ageing process, which it is, but we always got to see, well, is it declining faster than, than their peers? Is there a reason why someone's strength is, is, what is declining? And that's what this study has looked at. They've looked at if, if a doctor can measure hand grip strength, it could look at patients and say, well, they're in this particular range. It could provide a standardised level that links strength to many other health conditions and so on. So it's a bit, a bit like what they, the researchers talked about, blood pressure, measuring blood pressure. You know, when the level of blood pressure is outside a particular range, the doctor can decide when to prescribe a particular type of blood pressure lowering medicine or to send the patient for further examination and so on. It's working out what hand grip strength can tell us. So usually we measure this hand grip strength by you squeeze this machine, this little handheld device called a dynamometer with one hand. And the patient usually does two of these particular trials and they, and they, they use the best one for the measurement. But there's a special protocol to follow and you know, the machinery is, is specific and it also, you know, the results may depend whether someone's standing up or whether they're sitting down and all these sorts of things as well. So they really have to look at all these different parameters and see, well, is it, is it really a good measure? And they compared these individuals' hand grip strength, not with a, a healthy reference group, but with a, people who are the same as them, comparable terms in terms of their sex, their age, their, their body height, and, and all those sorts of things. And what they showed was, this is the remarkable thing, hand grip strength is even slightly below the average of a comparable population. Taking into consideration the person's sex, their age, and all those different things, if it's slightly below those other people. It's indicative of health conditions that could lead to an earlier death. And that hand grip strength is a really important measure. It's a, it's a signal to say, can we intervene? Can we do something about this? Because there may be an underlying health problem that hasn't been diagnosed. So a really important measure that could be put into 
broader practice. He can he can track that as well. It really gives us an indication that a simple thing like hand grip can provide insight into many other health-related conditions. Okay. Gordon Lynch is our guest, talking about hand grip strength and its indicative nature, but also in day-to-day life, you know, just opening jars. That's something a lot of people find more difficult as they get older or turning on taps, that sort of thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. You just need to bear that in mind. But there are other measures of strength beyond just the hand grip. Yeah, there there are, and so I think you know I think hand hand grip strength seems to be a pretty decent measure. Uh, the issue for me is that not everyone can do the hand grip test, and you know if someone may have arthritis or they simply can't grip the dynamometer and so on, that that could affect you know the, the ultimate measurements that come out. So I think the other thing that we're looking at is hand grip strength is really testing one aspect of upper body strength as well. What about lower body strength? And so there's this another test called the sit-to-stand test, which measures the ability of someone's ability to rise from a seated position to a standing position, not using arm supports or momentum or anything, like just using the lower body strength. Some studies have shown that that to be a less reliable measure, but I was at a conference recently, Rod, and where a researcher from the Netherlands was looking at screening strength in an elderly population. And what she found was that 70% of the participants couldn't actually perform the sit-to-stand test. So they opted to go for the hand grip strength test as well. But to me, the message was 70% of the people couldn't actually do the the rise from the seated position unaided. Um, So I think that was a really important indication that lower body strength was affected. So we've got to be careful what we're measuring, what we're looking at, what we're interpreting and so on. So we need to know... You know, those different limitations of the different approaches know when it's appropriate and so on. The other thing I wanted to point out too was that the researchers didn't say that people shouldn't start training their hand grip strength because if they just improve their strength, it's going to be have this effect for other health issues. What they actually found was having a stronger hand grip didn't actually protect people, didn't, didn't improve their, their life expectancy and so on. It was only when it was below this particular point, when, when it was weaker than their peers. So I think for, for that case, they really said, we need to be training overall strength. It's, it's an overall concept of lifestyle and, and, and incorporating exercise into the mix and training specifically to improve strength as, as, a, as an overall thing for, for quality of life. Okay, so how do we do something about this? If you are concerned about losing that strength, especially the hand grip strength, how can you make sure that that doesn't happen? Look, I think it just all of the hand grip strength and the other measures that are telling us there may be underlying health issues, we want to get it to a position where we're looking at this from a preventive point of view. Not to say that we can't do a therapeutic intervention with exercise. We can with lifestyle and other things, medications will all help. But I think the message that we always try and convey on this show is that a little bit of prevention can really work to our advantage. So it's really reaffirming the importance of maintaining muscle strength. We've discussed strength training in its many forms and occasions but resistance training with or without weights or machines or resistance bands all those sorts of things if you don't have access to equipment you can focus on body weight exercises for strength you know things like push-ups for the upper body strength or chin-up exercises if if you're very fit that's going to be a great exercise for upper body strength not everyone can do those squatting exercises lunges calf raises you can do that just using your body weight as resistance for lower body strength planks 
crunches, for core strength, etc. All of these things you don't need equipment for, but you can work in a, in a particular program to improve strength that's going to be relevant to your life. You can scale that up, of course, to include the dumbbells and the barbells and the various specialized machines. If you're lucky enough to uh, work out at a gym or a fitness center where you've got this whole range of different machines that work in different aspects of the body, that's fantastic too. A strength program has to be tailored for you and your needs and what you're able to afford, what you can do, what access you have to machinery and so on. Ideally, when we're talking about muscle strength, it's an emphasis on functionality. So performing exercises that will develop and maintain strength, allowing you to perform the tasks of everyday life. And it allows you to, to live independently and maintaining your quality of life and reduce the need to having to go into a nursing home and so on. So the purpose of what we're talking about today is training for a practical purpose, and that is maintaining muscle strength so that we can live a better quality of life. Of course, your advice is always to check with your doctor. Uh, you need to know that if you're going to embark on this series of exercises or change your exercises you need to know that you're going to be able to do it yes and i think it's important because your doctor is there to help track your health and that is you can you know do these particular measures they can monitor your progress they can identify when something may not be quite right and then intervene appropriately and and you know could be prescribing medications, it could be prescribing exercise programs or, or referrals to other health specialists and so on. But having your, your, that, in, that interaction, that consultation with your doctor, they can then recommend exercises you can, perhaps exercises that you shouldn't be doing if you have a particular health condition. Now, I mentioned things like arthritis and other things. Well, we, there are still exercises that can be done. We just need to choose sensible ones that are going to be beneficial but also safe and effective in the long term let's get started on the next 20 years shall we <laughs> let's do that yes okay gordon lynch health and fitness thanks very much thank you very much rod overnights with rod quinn on abc radio